Thanks for listening, Unplugged Army. I'm Louis Unga, General Manager at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. We're proud to present Doug Franz Unplugged. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Four minutes. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Everything you need to know in sports that affects Maricopa County, the state of Arizona, and the world you get in four minutes. We start things off in downtown Phoenix. Sun's a winner. They beat the Bucks 114-106. The big three had 85 points, led by Booker's 32. Bigger story, the defense of Kevin Durant. Not, o- Durant. Not only did he score 28 and have 10 rebounds, but he also took the defensive assignment of guarding Giannis Adenokounmpo. Head coach Frank Vogel. Yeah, well, the story of the game defensively starts with Kevin Durant guarding Giannis Adenokounmpo. I mean, he continues to just impress our group with uh, you know, his willingness to guard the other team's best players, you know, sometimes primary guys, sometimes power players like Giannis. KD, how do you look at last night's big win over Milwaukee? Uh, we made shots, we made timely buckets. We had a couple turnovers there late in the game and they're kind of desperate to get some stops and they're trying to get out and you know, speed the game up, but I felt like we were in control regardless. Suns did actually do something they rarely do. They won the fourth quarter. Granted, it was only by two points. Now they pick up that win. They're tied for fifth place in the Western Conference. There's a four-way tie for first place. Suns off today, home against Utah tomorrow night. All right, do you believe in a little political shenanigans? Javier Gutierrez is the president of the Arizona Coyotes. It was listed on Governor Hobbs' schedule for him to meet with her and her chief of staff, possibly to go over the potential of buying state land just north of the 101 in Scottsdale. Here's the catch. The chief of staff used to work as a lobbyist for the Arizona Coyotes. Massive ethics violation. If you remember during her tr- her actual campaign, the governor said this would be the most transparent actual campaign and political event in the history of our state. <laughs> well, then she tried to hide this meeting from the Arizona Republic and they had to file a legal brief in order to get her to admit that she actually met with the Coyotes. Well done. Two pieces of NFL news. Both Andy Reid and the Chiefs owner Clark Hunt says Andy Reid is not looking to retire. And Devils fans, do you remember Antonio Pierce, the former assistant with the uh, with the Sun Devils? He's the head coach of the Raiders, and now he took Marvin Lewis with him, who was an advisor and at one point a co-defensive coordinator. John Rahm says winning the Masters was huge in his decision to leave for Live Golf, not only because he's getting $300 million, but because of the exemptions he now gets to be able to play in future majors and try to win those as well. Pro-Am starts today for the Phoenix Open. It'll be Rattlers owner Ron Schertz at 9 o'clock. It'll be Larry Fitzgerald going at 10 o'clock. And listen to this group. Tim Hovick of Santan Ford tees off at 10.30. His, his group and his foursome, Jonathan Gannon, Zach Gallon, Tom Candiotti, and Tori Lavello. Wow, car business is doing well. Some baseball news, this is kind of funny. Vegas Mayor Carolyn Goodwin has actually announced that the A's should go back to Oakland, and she's the mayor of Vegas. <laughs> 
three upsets last night. BYU-Utah State lost, but the big one, North Carolina lost at home to Clemson. And meet the jerkwad, Jonathan Perry. You see, Jonathan's from South Carolina, and he decided what to do what every jerk does. He was mad that his girlfriend broke up with him, so he decided to kidnap her. He put on ski goggles. He put on camouflage to sneak up on her so no one would know that it was him. The idiot just forgot one thing. On the back of his camouflage was his name. Yeah. He tried to escape with her in the car. They got stuck in the mud behind a gas station. Police saw the video, saw the last name, and then saw tire tracks into the woods. Boy, congratulations, genius. Jackpot Unplugged Army. I feel like a true commander-in-chief to be able to give you such an unprecedented savings. Go to Unplugged at Whirlwind.com and check out the new membership club from Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Whirlwind Plus. Here's what you get. You sign up for a tea time anytime between now and five days from now, and you can save anywhere from a minimum of 30% up to 60% off, plus 15% off at Civlik, the restaurant, and another 15% off in the pro shop. I'm telling you, you walk into the pro shop, get bowls, a shirt, and a hat. You walk over for happy hour with your wife. You might pay for your monthly membership right then and there. It's $34 a month, cancel anytime. Or if you want to save even more, because that equals out to a little more than $400, you can get it for only $299 a year. Whirlwind Plus at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Go to unpluggedworldwind.com and feel the wind. I'm Janelle, General Manager of Bell's Nashville Kitchen, a.k.a. The Whiskey Wizard. Bell's isn't your typical country bar with mediocre bar food. We are a scratch kitchen with chef-inspired dishes in the only place you can get the best sandwich in all of Arizona, our Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Now, the drinks. I spend days infusing our own whiskey creations. Come in for Whiskey Wednesdays to learn about and drink our famous whiskey selection. We have live music most days and all weekend as part of our honky-tonk brunch. Bell's Nashville Kitchen on Main Street in Old Town Scottsdale. You found home, down home. Now, free shout-out for Tim Hope, owner of San Tanford. I don't know how much it costs to just be a regular in the pro-am. But to actually have the foursome of the head coach of the Cardinals, the manager of the Diamondbacks, and a potential Cy Young Award winner? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is that you decided to make Doug Franz a part of your day, or unplugged, not just me, my family greatly appreciates it. My name is Doug Franz, and you have found the only podcast and TV show in the world totally devoted to the coverage of the four major sports franchises of one great American city that drops on your phone and your television every weekday morning. We also cover ASU, U of A, GCU, the Rattlers rising in the burn. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Sorry. I find that so funny. If you're listening to the podcast right now, Amazon, Google, Spotify, um, there's, there's obviously something that I, I, I don't know. I don't feel when I walk around Izzy taller than Izzy. But they move the camera over to Izzy's desk. Would you go ahead and be rebellious, Jeff Weir Production. Will you just pan it over there? Uh, just be weird, even though you're trying to 
figure out where I am. Just over across the uh, the way in the studio, there is the desk of Isaiah Jackson Jr. Right there where you see iOS every weekday afternoon from 1 to 2. So his desk is just across from me in our massive new Park Central Studios. However, I think they have to drop the camera a little bit for Izzy. And uh, yes, I'm mocking you, Izzy. And then it gets supposed to be lifted back up for me, but we're a little scrambled today. You see, I told Izzy and Jeff what I needed by telling the Suns. This morning I come in and uh, Izzy and Jeff has, have found all of this stuff. They've done all this extra work. And then they ask me a question and I say, well, yeah, this is what I need. Uh, you know, it's on the email. Uh, we didn't get an email from you last night. Now, that's really a pain in the butt because I was up until 1 last night and I sent the email at about 1.08 and I'm thinking, okay, good. I'm glad I stayed up, glad I got the stuff done, got them everything I needed. Then they come and tell me, you didn't, you didn't send the email. Now I'm fired up and I look into my sent items today. Instead of hitting forward and typing in an actual email address of Izzy and Jeff, I just hit reply, meaning I told the Suns what I needed. <laughs> the Suns send out a Zoom link to the press conference. Well, I'm saying this not to complain. The Suns have been amazing to me. Just so you know the story of the Suns before I get deep into what happened last night. The Suns and all NBA teams were forced during COVID to turn all of their pressers into Zoom pressers, but still have the same number of pressers they were supposed to have this whole time. So they did that. Then after the 2020-2021 season, it became an option for NBA teams to choose if they wanted to continue Zooming all pressers. The Suns decided not to. And admittedly, I called them and said, guys, I know I'm pretty low on the totem pole now, but I need you. I'm trying to start this podcast. I'm alone in my wife's office. It's two in the morning. I didn't call them at two in the morning, but that's what I do every night. I need this sound. I can't sell the podcast, produce the podcast, voice the podcast, and be a roving reporter. If you guys can, is, is there any way you can keep doing this? And think about how cool this is when I'm just one dude. They said, yes, we'll Zoom the pressers. We'll go back to doing that. I am like, I'll still take a bullet for the Suns. That doesn't mean I'm not going to tell you the truth of how I feel about different things with the Suns, but it still means the world to me that they made that decision. So I am, I'm pretty handcuffed to that Zoom call. Now, luckily, working here at WTSMTV.com, whenever Izzy can, Izzy goes to Suns games, records the sound, puts together a package at WTSMTV.com. But I, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but I just want to be clear. Izzy doesn't get paid to do that. So I'm never going to ask Izzy, hey, will you go to the Suns game tonight? You know, he, he does that all on his own. But it's a huge benefit when we have that. Well, he wasn't able to make last night's game. I didn't care. Until I listened to the audio that was put forth by the Zoom call. For some reason last night, somebody messed up a little bit for the Suns and they didn't have the internet microphone up on the table to record the players. They had it somewhere near the media so you can hear the media's questions really well. 
But the audio from everybody else, all the players, is this audio from the speakers into the microphone. It's not directly from microphone to computer. It sounds terrible. Now, why did you need to know that? Now go back to me telling you I emailed the Suns and not Izzy and Jeff. Can I just say, thank goodness I was nice because I'm not always this nice. (laughs) It says, hey, guys. Uh, oh, wait, that's a different one. That was my apology to the Suns. Um, this is to Izzy and Jeff, even though it didn't go to Izzy and Jeff. The official time is 1.02 in the morning. I said 1.08, 1.02 in the morning this morning. It says, guys, I'll take anything you can get that you think is salvageable. Please take these cuts and use D-reverb setting in Adobe to see if it can be cleaned up. And then I give them, I'd like Vogel from 17 seconds to 31. I would like Vogel from 17 to 58. I'd like Vogel from 233, blah, blah, blah. Problem is I sent that to the Suns. Thank God I didn't say, Izzy, Jeff, I know I'm asking a lot, but the Suns really crapped the bed tonight. Whoever was in charge of that IT, uh, Mike, was asleep at the wheel, probably drunk. Thank God they don't do this all the time because this sucks. Could you guys save it? Can I just say I'm really happy I was nice? Because <laughs> that's not that bad. Hey, I'll take anything that you think is salvageable. That was very nice. I, if I'm the Suns, I can't possibly get upset about that. But it's still kind of funny that I came in this morning. Say, hey, where, 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 what do you mean? What do you need? I already told you. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. No, you didn't. Oh, I told the Suns. Does that count? I've never done that. There's been twice with Jeff Weir Production as producer that I've emailed my wife the cuts that I need. I have just hit forward and then just out of habit, type my wife's email in, and then I get in the next morning, Jeff doesn't have anything. I'm kind of fired up at Jeff and I don't tell him. And then I look at my email and I realize I emailed Jennifer, and then I realize, oh, I don't think I owe Jeff an apology because I didn't tell him I was mad at him. I just kind of held it in. And then I get an email at some point around 7.30 in the morning that says... Sorry, honey, I don't know how to cut this audio. Is, is this something that was meant for Jeff? Yes, sweetheart, that was meant for Jeff. Now, like, she's being all nice, and I feel like it's getting rubbed in. I know I said it to the wrong person now, but there's my stupidity today. How's yours? What dumb thing are you going to do today? Yeah, I told you about golf. Jonathan Gannon, Zach Gallen, Tom Candiotti, and Tori Lovello in Tim Hovick's group uh, owner of the Rattlers is Ron Schertz. I don't – the one name I recognized uh, business-wise is Jeff Jr., the guy that does Trajan Wealth. He's with Ron Schertz's group. Ron Schertz, the owner of the Arizona Rattlers, actually is the sponsor of the Pro-Am. It's the Annexus Pro-Am. So I think Ron's doing pretty well. So, Ron, I, I'll be glad to – you know, start eating dinner with you and talking Rattlers. Let's go lunch, actually. I don't know if I want to give up my nights. But if you want to start buying me lunch and we'll talk Rattlers all the time, that'd be great. Uh, and then listen to who he gets to play with. If you don't know how the pro-ams work, if you are a major celebrity like Nick Saban, Larry Fitzgerald, you play for free. If you are a – and so therefore, Zach Gallon, Jonathan Gannon, these guys are playing for free. But Tim Hovick probably had to spend the most money – in order to get that group he was with, other than Ron Church, who's actually you know sponsoring the whole thing, but then 
a pro golfer plays in your pro-am with you for nine holes. And golfers have to do it because this is where part of the prize money is raised is through the pro-am tournament. So listen to the golfers that uh, that Ron Schertz gets. Jordan Spieth and Matt Kuchar play nine holes apiece with that group. That'd be pretty sweet. I, I, that would be awesome. I would enjoy uh, – I would enjoy nine holes with Jordan Spieth. Jordan would not enjoy nine holes with me. He would say, hey, is there any way we could stop this thing at six? I'm probably lying to myself that he, he would even want to play six. Uh, okay, sound credits today. We're going all over the place. Jeff Weir Productions running around like nuts because I also failed to ask for Super Bowl sound until I got here and said, hey, I'd like some Super Bowl sound. So he's looking at Chiefs.com and he's looking at 49ers.com so we can talk a little bit of Super Bowl. We totally ripped off hanging with Coop today. So give them the show credit, the sound credit today. I'm going to give you a huge block of their show. And the reason why is I thought it was great. Bruce Cooper, formerly of 12 News, premier man in the Valley when it comes to being a sports anchor, he had Tori Lovello on Hanging with Coop yesterday. So I would love to encourage those of you that watch WTSMTV.com to get the whole conversation, and it's available for you at WTSMTV.com for any level, whether you're a premium level, whether you're a basic level, or whether you're a live level, you can watch that show and get the full thing of Tori Lovello. I've, we, we've, I, should say, I, I've, I gave the suggestion. I didn't actually do the work. But Jeff and Izzy cut it up to be just baseball related. So therefore, uh, I want to play that baseball portion of, of their show. So for those of you that are listening today on the podcast, a- Amazon, Google, Spotify, uh, tune in. Please keep in mind, Apple as well, please keep in mind if you want to see the whole thing, I'd love for you to become at least a basic member, and that'll give you the opportunity to pay for it. Speaking of, of membership levels, uh, General Tom, I got your uh, email. It was very well written. Uh, you should be upset. And I'm going to talk to the CEO, CEO Chris, about your email today. I just want to let you know. It was sent after Town Hall Tuesday, so I couldn't get to it um, yesterday. Uh, and I think that's it. Izzy and Jeff, can you think of any other sound credits that I missed? Yeah, and I think it's obvious we got – I don't know if I said Suns. We got Suns from the Suns PR department, even though I talked about them for uh, a long time. Izzy, uh, anything thrilling in, in your life yesterday? Uh, yesterday? Oh, no. Oh, first of all, do me a favor. Uh, turn on your mic. Yeah, that, that would help. That, that would- <laughs> well, I couldn't tell if I was hearing you through the wall or how I was – or I actually think I was hearing you through my mic. Uh, give yourself a free plug. Who was it that you had as a guest on your show yesterday? Oh, man, it was a AEW wrestler, Soraya. She also wrestled at WWE. That's where she got her start. And quite frankly, I thought it was pretty dope. She was a whole lot of energy. Oh, yeah. A whole lot of energy. And quite frankly, I mean, she's still fighting for the AEW championship, still trying to um, make her way through there. She already just lost it previously. Yeah. So she's trying to regain it again. And, yeah, she came over here, talked for a little bit, and it was it was a super cool interview. Let's. I thought you were fantastic in that interview. Oh, I appreciate Don't it. Don't worry. If I thought you were terrible, I'd tell you personally, and I wouldn't tell you on air. Uh, but So I, I'll always be honest with you. I just won't be honest on camera. I just won't talk about it. I would never say you did well and then turned around and rip you. I would just not talk about it if you did, if you did poorly. 
normally that we uh, on air and then we talk later. But if you get a chance, if you become a basic member, go to the iOS show, watch yesterday's show, and I and I got to tell you something. I'm, I'm sure that this is not something I should be talking about, but I, I will. She wore a top that was. It was amazing how she pulled this off. It was showed a lot of skin, but it wasn't like crazy revealing or anything. But it was clear she's an attractive young lady with a bright future. And therefore, I hid in the room, but I hid behind a monitor so I wouldn't get caught. And I was not the stinky old uncle. I was watching Izzy the whole time. And Izzy never got caught. He was making eye contact all the time. And I just want to say, Izzy, good job. Somebody on Twitter, a true on Twitter, said that I had the the what is was it the willpower, yeah. <laughs> the, the strongest willpower. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. That's- uh, I do, I do want to warn everybody that uh, that she's a cusser. So make sure that you're okay with that. Yes, I I am one. I don't have any problem with people cussing in real life. I just know that for 15 years we never talked about raunchy. Well, hey, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Wolf never talked about anything raunchy on the old show. Me, I would only do it if I knew Wolf wouldn't get it. <laughs> so if you were close enough to the show that you knew, I would throw little tidbits in there. Maybe you caught them, maybe you didn't. Probably you did catch them as a listener because if you're listening to me now, you had to have picked up on those subtle little jabs to Wolf and therefore found it entertaining and that's why you're here. People that didn't catch him are probably the people that hated me, and they never moved over to Unplugged. But I thought Izzy was fantastic, and and it was hilarious because I admit being a veteran in this business, as soon as that woman, as soon as I walked in and saw the woman's top, I'm thinking, oh boy, this is going to be a nightmare to have an attractive young lady in an interview, and you can't peek. Let's go, Izzy. Let's go. And Izzy, mad success. And then also... Speaking for your girlfriend, good job too, because oh, she yeah. she would have had an opinion on that. Oh yeah, yeah, but but we came to the conclusion, you know, if if Devin Booker somehow lands into the room, I got I got I got to take the loss. So so yesterday <laughs> she had to, she had to take the loss. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic conversation. Uh, I don't know if this intimidates you, Izzy, but just to tell you, as another veteran, as a guy that's been married for almost thirty years, that means you're probably marrying this girlfriend. I don't, know if, I don't know if you already know that. I don't know if you're trying to fight it. You don't want to admit it. But when I hear something like that, that you guys are joking about it and having a good time about that, that means you guys have, uh, you guys have something real. All right. I think that's it. Let's roll. Doug's big one. Doug's big one today. I, I realize this is so out there that you're not going to care that much. But I got two Doug's big one. It's not really a tie. My number one opinion is about my own ignorance and my mistake, but that's something I, it's, it's two days old now. So I'll get to that in a second. But for today, what is absolutely hilarious to me, and I never knew this, the county that Las Vegas, Nevada is in owns the Strip. The Strip is not, quote unquote, Las Vegas. The Las Vegas Strip is actually the county Las Vegas is in. So there's a mayor by the name of Carolyn Goodman playing the political game. She is still bent out of shape and upset that the A's are going to be playing where the old Tropicana Casino was. That casino is on the Strip, and that's where the A's are going. That means that's county property. 
Well, she is acting like that's not what is her problem. She says, there's no way we can handle the parking. There's no way we can handle that area of the strip. There's no way Las Vegas residents are really going to want to go to the strip to support their hometown team. So she says it's a disastrous idea. When politically, what does she want? She wants it to be put in the city boundaries, well north of the strip. She was on a front office sports podcast. Pretty good follow on Twitter, by the way, if you're interested in the business of sports. And here's her quote. I personally think they've got to figure out a way to stay in Oakland to make their dreams come true. So the mayor of a team, of a city, that's getting a Major League Baseball team is saying, go home. This is such a mess. I am in shock that Major League Baseball is this stupid. Let me be the first one to say, Oakland doesn't deserve you at all, okay? I have no problem with them leaving Oakland. This is not an argument of whether or not taxpayers should build stadiums. We could go on that argument forever, okay? I can produce studies to show one thing. If you disagree with my opinion, you can show studies that produce another. If you want to know my opinion, I am in favor of it. This is gonna. I don't care how hypocritical this sounds. I'm in favor of it in a cool city. Or I'm in favor of it in a city that works. I'm not in favor of it if it's something dumb. I am not building the most gorgeous NFL stadium in Albuquerque. Okay? No. You're too small of a market and you're pointless. You're not getting it. I am not building a state-of-the-art hockey arena in Fargo. No, I don't care how cold you are. You're not big enough. So therefore, why would I spend tax dollars on a building like that? However, I am totally in favor of Phoenix, Maricopa County, the state of Arizona, and the world, um, putting together a tax bill that funnels money to a stadium, if it's a good idea, because of everything else that comes from it. The Final Fours, the All-Star Games. I do believe that... Is, and, of course, the Super Bowl. I do believe that makes sense. But I totally respect you if you disagree with me on that. What I laugh at is this situation of going somewhere that doesn't want you. And, by the way, there's a teacher's union in Nevada that says every dollar spent on a billionaire stadium is money that's not spent on public schools. And, therefore, we're against this. So the union has filed their second lawsuit against it. Their first one got thrown out. So they're filing their second lawsuit against the state of Nevada for spending money on this stadium. So the mayor doesn't want it, and teachers don't want it. (laughs) And they don't want the A's, and yet they're coming. That's just baseball. You really screwed this up. It's, It's kind of embarrassing. Again, reason number 782, Rob Manford should not be the commissioner of baseball. Okay, that's Doug's big one, but number one. Doug's big one, number two is just I, I want to I say something about yesterday's show that I, I hate screwing up. I hate it with a passion. It's not that there's an arrogance here that means I don't screw up. It's just you have created, helped create this thing for my family. Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass, exists because of you. Like, I can do the podcast in my own little room and then go have a real job all day, you know, and then the podcast is all me. 
but without you, it's nothing. And therefore, when I let you down, even if you don't know about me letting you down, it is something that I, I'm I'm the twelve year old in the room that's let their father down. Okay, that, that's that's how I feel. You count on me to give you everything every day. And here's where I screwed up. For four hundred years, the NFL commissioner has had a press conference on a Friday. Game is on Sunday. He does his state of the game address on Friday, makes a little bit of a speech, and then answers questions from the media forever. I don't know when it was, but about five to ten years ago, he moved that press conference to a Wednesday. Okay. Probably a bad decision, in my opinion, because number one, if it's on a Friday, more media are there. And then number two, there's a little known fact about Friday press conferences. Friday press conferences don't get the same amount of attention because most people are doing something Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday night. They don't get your info. That has changed a little bit in the world of social media. And the reason why I say a little bit is it used to be you had to have a press conference because how else were you going to get to the to the people. The message would never get to the people if it wasn't for the media. And therefore, you would either need to watch your Friday night news, watch Friday night sports center, read your Saturday morning newspaper, or watch sports center Saturday night, and that was the way you found out about the commissioner's talk. And therefore, a lot of people would miss it. They they wouldn't see it. Makes sense. In today's day and age, obviously the game has completely changed. Because a lot of people are on social media and everything Roger Goodell says as he's talking would then get posted. Then Roger Goodell would start trending and then more and more people would start paying attention to social media, seeing the posts, seeing the video clips, and then it would get plenty of attention. So the Friday thing wouldn't matter as much, but it still matter a little. It used to matter 100% and it would probably be down to about 20%, but it would still matter. I would still keep it on Friday. Moving into Wednesday, not the end of the world. That's when the real meat of practices are and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Roger Goodell did something dramatic this year. They moved the press conference to Monday. That's a huge deal because most of the media arrive on Monday. And the first thing they do is drop their bags off, go get their credentials. And then after, and that's when I say go get your credentials, I mean, unless you are ESPN or the broadcast network of the actual Super Bowl, you stand in line forever to get your credentials. Some of the biggest names in media are standing right in line with me trying to get Super Bowl credentials, okay? And then there's geeks in the media that go fanboy for somebody in the same line they are. So that's hilarious when that happens. So you have all of that going on. Your Monday is just packed. And then about seven years ago, they changed the Tuesday media day to a Monday night media event called opening night. So now if you're in the media, you got to fly in as early as you can, especially on a West Coast Super Bowl, because the media, the opening night starts at five. You've got to get there. You got to get your bag. You got to check into your hotel. Now you've got to get over to the media center. Then you've got to get your stand in line forever. Then you get your picture taken. Then it's printed up on your credential. Then you leave. And then you probably swing through a fast food joint. And then you go to the opening night. You've got all of this going on. There's hardly any way for you to get to the Roger Goodell press conference. 
Then, this year got even more dramatic. Roger Goodell only invited certain members of the media to attend the press conference. It was invitation only. Let's be clear on what that means. That means we're only inviting people that are so huge we can't avoid it or are gutless. We're not going to invite any real member of the media that actually takes their job seriously, asks informed and sometimes difficult questions to ask. We're not going to bring anybody in that asks a question where there could be ramifications. I am not comparing the media in any way to a fireman, to a police officer, to any member of our armed services, our armed forces. No way. Okay, that's real courage. Okay. But there is a level of courage, and I can proudly say there's been a lot of times in my career I've had it, and I have to admit there's times in my career where I, I haven't. I, I'd like to think it's because I love my wife and I love my girls, and I was a little worried we're not in a position right now for me to lose my job over this. But you stand there and you think, should I ask this question, knowing that the public probably wants you to. And it's, it can be hard. And you just got to grin and bear it and, and suck it up for the people that trust you. And I, I would say I've succeeded about 80% of the time. But 20% of the time, I let you down, I admit it. Where I don't even remember the times, to be honest. But you just get a little nervous. I, I better not go there. I bring this up for this reason. Roger Goodell, when he invites you, that means I'm not afraid of you. I know you're not going to ask a difficult question. That should tell you something if you're a member of the media that got invited to that. A couple people that were there were so huge in the media, you had, to, you had to invite them. But the idea that you moved the presser to Monday when very few members of the media could go and then handpicked who was there shows you how ridiculous the NFL is. This has become the most gutless organization in sports. There's no way around it. So my second part of Doug's big one is, A, I'm apologizing to you. I never paid attention. I just thought I knew something. Whenever you assume something, you know what that does. And I did that. I assumed the press conference was Wednesday. I never once read anywhere that it was being moved. And when I say that, I don't mean somebody was supposed to tell me. I mean, I didn't do my job. I just assumed I knew because it's always been Wednesday. And before that, it was Friday. So either way, I'm going to pay attention to it on Wednesday night. Never in a million years did I think I needed to pay attention on Monday night. So therefore, I did yesterday's show didn't know Roger Goodell had had his press conference until the show had started. When By then it was too late because I wasn't able to tell Izzy and Jeff, this is what I want from the press conference. So therefore, real questions, like real officiating questions, not a softball, hey, what are you doing to make sure the refs are better? Instead of saying, the officiating stinks right now, why aren't you doing more? Nothing was asked about the Terry McDonough arbitration case. Nothing was asked about the Sean Coogler arbitration situation. Do you want to know why that matters? Because the NFL is slow playing those cases. They're hoping Sean Coogler and Terry McDonough can't afford all the legal fees to drag this out. They're dragging it out on purpose. They're not interested in fair. They're not interested in justice. They're not interested in the human being. They're only interested in themselves and their business. Now, you can easily throw that in my face and say, Doug, what, should, what else should Roger Goodell be concerned with other than the business? Well, the NFL commissioner 
keep in mind, attack Tom Brady's entire character with Deflategate. Let me be the first one to say, I think Tom Brady deserved to get suspended. I do. But it doesn't change the fact that Tom Brady, or the commissioner, Roger Goodell, presented himself as the knight in shining armor to protect the shield. That he had to step up and protect the integrity of the game. So whenever he can step on the soul of a player, whenever he can act like it's the player's fault, look at him run to get in front of a camera and stand up and say, I'm here, America, to make sure your game is protected. And as soon as the problem is somebody that pays his salary, like Michael Bidwell, then it becomes, let me invite you to the press conference. Let me host a press conference when very few people are going to be here. Let me host a timed press conference so a question like that won't have time to be asked because no one's going to think about it. There is no integrity to the game of football. I'm not telling you at all to stop watching football. I love the game. I will always love the game of football. I think football is chess with 300-pound pieces. I think it's awesome. I think the people that play it and the people that coach it and the people that scout for it are some of the most amazing people you're going to meet. And I really enjoy knowing these people. But if there's anything I can take from what's going on, and I'd like to pass it on to you as a member of the Unplugged Army, when you hear the phrase, it's a business, oh, it's more than that. It's cutthroat. It's take your knees out to protect my golden goose. It's I have no soul and no conscience in order to do whatever I have to do to keep the money funneling in. And whether that means screw with the integrity of the shield, I'll do it. That's who Roger Goodell is. That's who these owners are. And never, ever read something that tries to put an owner in a positive light and believe it. Because a press conference like that to me, shows who they really are. There's Doug's big one today. Thanks a lot for being a part of the Unplugged Army. And I hope to re-earn, if I didn't lose your respect, thank you. And if I lost a little bit, because that's a huge dropping of the ball. That's a big mistake on my part. Um, if I if I can re-earn your respect and re-earn that trust, I'd really appreciate the opportunity to do that. But I admit, this is such a big mistake that uh, if I've blown it with you, I get it. I totally get it. Um, coming up next... I thought yesterday was something really, really important for the Phoenix Suns, especially that second half. But let's get into the why. Because granted, there were some advantages the Suns were able to accrue during the game. But the point is they got the job done. That's next. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com. So in the Franz household, we have an air conditioning unit, an air scrubber, a reverse osmosis system, and a tankless water heater all purchased from Parker & Sons. Why? Well, number one, because we trust them. We got to know Parker & Sons about six months into living in Phoenix, and they've showed up on time, got it right the first time, and treated us great every single time. So why would we go anywhere else? The other thing I like is some of the products have even saved us money. The reverse osmosis system gives us bottle quality water from a tap. And then the tankless water heater, I can't even imagine how much money it has saved us. We never run out of hot water, even on holidays when people are coming in to visit. And it doesn't heat up water and then just let it sit in a tank. It only heats it up as we use it. So we only use the electricity when we need it. 
And our air scrubber takes allergens and bacteria out of the air, which has just been a dream for my wife and my youngest daughter, who have some pretty heavy allergies. Call 6022-REPAIR to learn about these products. That's 602, the number two, that R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker and Sons. Rosati Sports Pub in Chandler. It's on Ray and McQueen. Sounds like a sports bar. What's the difference? You walk in and they actually have games on TV with the sound on. How many times do you walk into a supposed sports bar and they've got loud music on or somebody playing live or some kind of trivia game going on and you're there to watch the game? If you're like me, a simple guy, give me my pizza, give me my wings, give me my cold beer and make sure I can hear the Suns and D-backs, then you want Rosati Sports Pub at Chandler. All members of the Unplugged Army, welcome. Rosati Sports Pub, give me the game. Unplugged Army, uh, if you're a religious person, please give me some prayers today. If you are not a religious person, just be thinking about me uh, because later on this afternoon, I have the biggest meeting in the history of Doug Franz Unplugged. I'm not one that gets nervous. I call it getting jacked. I'm getting jacked up for this thing, and I can't believe it's going to happen today. I've just here we go. I am. Uh, I'm so excited about today. So uh, I'll tell you more. About, I'll tell you how it went. But put it this way: I'm going to be in a room with a real life big long conference table, and about ten people from a whole bunch of different departments are all sitting around, and I've got to give a little presentation. But I was specifically told, don't bring any visual aids. Just just come in, talk about these subjects. You know, the, a, a couple certain subjects. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I just dropped the D-backs helmet off of Seth Beer's uh, head. Okay, there's that. Number two. I'm getting jacked up for this. February 23rd, here we go. Unplugged Army event, Civlic for l- breakfast, lunch, or... Our breakfast, lunch, happy hour, or dinner, whatever fits into your schedule. If you're not golfing, tea times from noon until about 2. Yeah! That we can fill up. If you're listening to the podcast, I just figured out which shoulder it's on. I like, I like how you put that on the window. You know what we should do with the, the blinds? We should paint them fluorescent green and turn this into a green screen. <laughs> the truth is I want this side lockers. I want this side Doug Franz unplugged logo this side lockers and then hang up jerseys in 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 the lockers but i'm looking in the background a regular size locker we probably only have room for two or three of them back there who knows but anyway anyway um the i go i just went to unplug the whirlwind.com and the static for whirlwind plus is no longer up it's just a blank page that actually excites me i think they're working on the page right now to get everything set up for us to be able to play on the 23rd. So tea times will go from about noon to two. I've told you this before, but maybe you missed it. Just email me, Doug, at DougFranzUnplugged.com because it's taken so long. If you don't care about a spa package for Valentine's Day being associated with it, just tell me what's easier for you, a tea time closer to noon or a tea time closer to two, and then I will organize that and send that to Sweet Lou even though it's not ready. However, if if your decision is determined by price or the spa, and I totally understand it. Like this is a $200 course. However, um 
every time he, we've been out there, Sweet Lou has slashed prices for us. So I assume it's going to be a – now, it's still expensive. Like a slash price is still going to be somewhere between 65 and and $100. So it's still expensive, and I don't want to lie to you. But for me, I, I admit I can't really afford that, and I pay it anyway. <laughs> Jennifer and I get allowance. And I blow my whole allowance basically for for one round there because it's just so awesome to be there. So hopefully I'll see you out there February 23rd, sanctioned event, and uh, really important for the Army to show up, especially, gosh, I almost slipped, especially with a couple of the meetings I've had. I'm going to invite some potential sponsors, and they're going to be judging us. So you can imagine this is going to, they're going to walk in and say, huh, I wonder what kind of economic impact Doug Franz Unplugged will really have. And if we drop the ball, I'm like, oh, hey, maybe Doug, maybe call us in a year or two. And if we are awesome on the 23rd, then it becomes Unplugged grows, WTSMTV.com grows. You get more value for your subscription. All right. You know, vroom, vroom, let's go. That's how I'm feeling today. So I'm, I'm kind of jacked up. All right, let's get to Suns. Suns a winner last night. And uh, 114-106. It was a strange game in which the Suns really couldn't do anything to Milwaukee uh, until the beginning of the third quarter. And then the Suns dominated the beginning of the third quarter. But immediately after that, about at that five-minute mark, Milwaukee went on a big run to get back within a point or two. So it looked like nothing was going to be accomplished with the big charge that the Suns had coming out of halftime. And then in about the last four minutes, Suns just exploded and re-dominated the game. So the third quarter ended up 31-24. On the one hand, it feels like, wow, it was only a seven-point difference. That should have been a lot more considering how well the Suns played the first five and a half minutes or so of the third. But the flip side of that is it could have been a lot worse than just a seven-point lead when you consider the run they allowed Milwaukee to get on at the middle point of the third quarter if they wouldn't have finished the quarter as strong as they did. So that's everything that I want to go through with just specifics of the game. This is going to be weird. I want to set it up chronologically. So what that means is I want to walk you through what happened before the game, and then we'll get what happened during the game. There was a shoot-around yesterday morning. Grayson Allen and Devin Booker spoke at the shoot-around, and uh, they, they said a lot of different things, but there's only a couple things that I thought were important enough to say, hey, let's go back and let's listen to that. A lot of commentary going around nationally because this is the second year in a row that the Suns have had the number one percentage three-point shooter in basketball, and they didn't play in the three-point contest. Cam Johnson before the trade for uh, Kevin Durant last year, and this year Grayson Allen. And the year before that, campaign was among the leaders in three-point percentage, and he wasn't invited. And the Suns were really miffed about Campaign and Cam Johnson. Campaign was very upset that he wasn't invited. Cam Johnson was kind of like, yeah, I'd really like to have that. But he's so nice, he didn't really say if he's terribly upset. 
So I just assumed this is Grayson Allen's chance to get that stage and he would be upset. Here's his explanation. Um, not, no, not really. Um, I mean, I wasn't, um, I wasn't strongly like advocating for it. Um, and I understand the process they go through with how they pick guys to go. So, um, it's uh, I'm okay on my end. Maybe another, maybe another time. Yeah, we got a, a good break this year. So, um, I'm going to take advantage of it. Get a nice vacation with my wife, um, reset, um, get a little break for the body and come back. Come back feeling great. Uh, for sure. And I think maybe it would have worked out if I did. So I think it's a little bit of both. Um, but at the end of the day, like we've been, this is the most minutes I've played in a season um, by a good bit. Uh, I've played in most of the games this year so far. Uh, I just feel like that five days for me is pretty valuable and um, to get that rest. But uh, obviously the three-point contest being invited is a great, great honor to go and compete and be recognized as a great three-point shooter. So um, I'll be watching. I hope you were able to hear the media well enough. That was Dwayne Rankin of the Arizona Republic and Cam Cox of 12 News that had jumped in there. And the first question was about, hey, if you're not participating, this is a nice little break. And you could see the eyes light up of Grayson Allen. If you don't know about the break, Suns play on Valentine's Day. For those of you that are Catholic, if you're going to the game, don't eat meat uh, if you go to the game against the Pistons because it's Ash Valentine's Day is Ash Wednesday this year. But uh, for those of you that are not Catholic, I don't know if you find that terribly annoying that I said that. But you have to understand, for those of us that are Catholic, the Ash Wednesday and the first Friday of Lent, we forget. It's just so easy to put bacon bits on your salad or do something like, oh, no, and you forget. You get into a rhythm as Lent goes on, and then you remember, okay, it's Friday, don't eat meat. But the first couple, it's really easy to forget. So I'm doing that as a public service. Because I want somebody to do that for me. There's been years where my wife has written on my calendar, no meat every Friday throughout Lent, just to help me remember, and I still screw it up. But anyway, the 14th are at home against the Pistons. They don't play for eight days. They fly out on Wednesday the 21st to Dallas. Their first game is the 22nd in Dallas. Therefore, they're actually off eight days of games. So you can see why that question was asked, and you could tell Grayson Allen totally felt like that's a break that he needs, and he even said, this is the most minutes I've ever played. Then the follow-up from Cam Cox was about him suggesting that he didn't really push for it. And when he said that, it was kind of interesting that, okay, if you, sorry, Jeff Weir Production, if that screws up the camera, but I was up too high and it was hurting my back. Um, one of the things that he suggested was, I could have pushed, and if I pushed, I think I would have been included. And I didn't push. And since I didn't push, they didn't push me. So you could tell he was in favor of that. That actually tells you something. Let me go, go deep into this. That means he was putting team over self. That's pretty good. There is an element of marketability that if you've got that Suns logo in the contest and you win, that it does seem to be good for the organization. 
but isn't it about winning? So this clearly to me says the organization is putting winning ahead of an individual award, and so is Grayson Allen. For him saying, you know what, I get a big rest, I get a little vacation, long break, that's what's best for me right now. I really like that. And then to find out that he could have pushed and gotten in and the organization didn't push him. That means maybe he didn't really want to go and sometimes an organization will say, you are going. We don't have Rockets logos out there. There aren't enough people seeing the Charlotte Hornets. You make the three-point contest, we at least get some Hornets in there so people can see our young talent and get excited about you. Go do it. And the Suns didn't do that to Grayson Allen. That's why I'm going deep on something as simple as the three-point contest. That's a pretty huge thing that shows you what their priorities are. Now, as I compliment Grayson Allen, now let me kind of rip him. I don't like this one. Here's the question. You decide how you feel about it, and I'll tell you what I think in just a second. Is there a change in the mentality or the mindset as you get after the All-Star break and you're in the second half of the season? A little bit. I think just because it's on everybody's mind that you're gearing up towards the end, like you're starting to – like you don't really have time anymore. There's more of a sense of urgency. Like you have to have everything together, everything clicking as you're going towards the end of the year. Um, you know, the working at the kink stuff is kind of pre all-star break and the post you're supposed to be clicking and playing your best basketball going to the end of the year. Now, let me tell you why that bothers me. And this is me totally being high school Harry. Okay. And when I say totally being high school Harry, I mean I have talked to so many professional athletes, especially after I went on a rant in the old show. A, a ton of athletes used to listen to the old show. Uh, uh, I've only, I only know of, I admit to you, I think there's 11 members of the Unplugged Army that are professional athletes. But when I hear that, it just makes me cringe. You have an opportunity to play NBA basketball, and there's a game that's more urgent there. I get it. If I'm in a game in April that determines whether or not I even make the playoffs, I'm going to have a stronger sense of urgency than a back-to-back -back in December. I do understand that. But to hear it said, the mindset does change a little because now – there's no more time left for us to work the kinks out. We've got to do this. We've got to do this. We've got to do this. That's a mentality that I will never understand. How in the world you don't look at the blessings of God that made you, that gave you the possibility of being a professional athlete, and you're on that stage with a chance to beat other professional athletes, and you don't bring everything to the table. I just don't get it. I'll never get it. And as I complain about it, I want to admit to you as a member of the Unplugged Army, I don't want us to ever get like that, but too many pro athletes have told me, Doug, do you understand what game 98 of a baseball season is like? It's hot. It's July. You're in the humidity of Texas or something like that. We don't want to deal with it. Okay, we've been playing this game our whole life. This is work. Haven't you ever woken up in the morning? Oh, is it woken? <laughs> Awakened in the morning and decided, I just don't feel like getting up. If you've ever felt like that, that's the exact same thing with us. We are human beings. It doesn't matter how much money we make. We're still human. We play baseball every day. And you know what? 
It's hard to get fired up for game 110 when you're playing in Florida and the Marlins have 7,000 people at the game. And all you're doing is playing in front of empty seats. Tell any member of Broadway, go out there and tell me you have the same intensity for rehearsal as you do for your first performance. Or as a dress rehearsal in which maybe you invite a couple school kids to come watch a dress rehearsal. Tell me you've got the same juice as you do opening night. You don't. I hear you. But it doesn't mean I have to accept it. Um, okay, let's go to book. This is one that I admit I'm not all over this, and I am kind of in the shoe generation. I mean, it is my wheel. The whole Michael Jordan story with Nike, it is my wheelhouse. I totally remember the famous commercial as about an 11-year-old. I knew you were going to come in here eventually. <laughs> oh, I thought, is it for the camera? Because I, yeah, 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 there he goes. Oh, no, it's not for the camera. Okay, good. You fooled me on that one. Thank you, Jeff Weir Production. Um, it's a case where the Bird Magic famous commercial came out while I was about 11 or 12. And if you haven't seen it, Larry Bird is, is seriously playing basketball as a professional athlete, one on air, taking shots at a community park in French Lick. Magic arrives in this parking lot in a limo. Total showtime. And it's, it is cheeseball acting. He walks out there and he goes, I heard they made a shoe for last year's MVP. And Bird goes, that's right. And he's yelling across the parking lot. And Magic steps out of the car. And the thing you see then is the shoe come down on the ground with the open car door. And then he rips off his zipper. They used to his snap his his uh, uh, snappable pants. They just whoosh, you just whip them off. And he goes, "Well, they made a pair of magic shoes for this year's MVP." And then Bird, in a horrible acting, goes, "Okay, Magic, show me what you got." And he throws him the ball. And then they play one on one. Two things about that commercial that are hysterical to this day. Number one was the fact that it's the same shoe. In those days, Converse made one shoe, and they just colored the shoe based on the team colors of your favorite player. So the bird shoe was green and white. The magic shoe was purple and gold. It was the same shoe. So that's kind of funny, but we didn't care. It's like, oh, man. Like my uh, basketball team, my junior year, we had a pair. We had magics because we were purple and gold. Oh, it was awesome. It was fantastic to have those. Okay. So that's that story. Oh, by the way, the second part of that commercial that's funny, during the one-on-one -on -one shooting, they asked, hey, I mean, how are we going to do this? Because they were just kind of goofing off, and they and they said, oh, we, we want you to play. That's not what you say to Magic and Bird. So they started ignoring the director. They would go cut, and they would want him to take a different angle or do something else. They wouldn't stop playing. So the director realized we just got to give up on directing these guys and they just filmed it like it was a live game and took all this and they're pushing each other. They're boxing out a little bit. I mean, they're going at it in one-on-one -on -one. and that's kind of a hilarious story, but that's who those guys were. So anyway, there's that story. Now you've got everybody's real shoe. So this is huge. Jordan took over the shoe business when he joined Nike, and it was a truly a signature shoe, truly all about Jordan, and changed the game 
of shoes. Then the marketing behind it with Mars Blackman, it was legendary in the advertising world. If you're like 20, 25 years old, you might have seen the Jordan movie and therefore you think you understand. I got to tell you, it was bigger than the movie. I mean, it was crazy. Wait, he's they're paying his fine? I mean, everybody was so fired up. You used to get fined if you had too much color in the shoe. So players didn't want to get fined. And then here's Jordan. I don't care. Nike says, we'll pay it for you. What? You can't do that for a young player. That That's going to ruin him. He's going to be so stuck on himself. He's going to be people just going crazy about Michael Jordan's shoes. And then Mars Blackman, it's got to be the shoes. It's got to be the shoes. Is it the shoes? I mean, it was huge. Now, after all of that, Booker has his own shoes. Here's his conversation about the new spot that includes Diana Taurasi, Kevin Durant, and others. Um, just seeing everything come to life. You know, this is all new to the world, but, you know, it's been two years of preparation and thinking and collaborating, you know, with my favorite brand of all time. So, you know, it's been a, it's been a pleasure being a part of it. I got to be on just ET and, and KD on commercial team. Yeah. <laughs> John Marion, Joe Lloyd, um, a lot of legends in here. And, and, you know, all those people are are a part of this story or a part of this book. And, um, you know, I was happy that they were willing to take time out to, you know, shoot a commercial to be a part of it. So, you know, I haven't got to see it yet. I heard it just came out. So excited to check it out. What are you most proud of, I guess, with this book? Because it kind of does honor aspects of your life and yeah, I mean, it's just every kid's dream, um, especially with the brand Nike, you know, no shots to all the other companies, but having a shoe with, with the solutions, you know, a whole different level. So, you know, I've been Nike my whole life since grassroots age. So to finally see it come full circle with all those dreams that I have, you know, it's, it's a crazy feeling. Izzy, if you don't mind turning your mic on for a second, was my... I mean, this is like 15, 20 years before you were even born. Was my shoe run down good stuff? I mean, is that because I know you are an NBA shoe guy and you know exactly what it means for Booker to have his own shoe. But for me to reminisce about what it was like to be 11 when shoes actually became a big deal, was that something that was good for you to hear? Oh, yeah, it was dope. And it kind of makes a whole lot more sense. That's like growing up. You know, if you didn't have the latest Jordans, you know, you you weren't that popular kid. You know, you, you were not that popular kid in school. So, yeah, it, it, the shoes were a huge impact. Oh, yeah. And it's still it's still crazy to me to think the Mars Blackman spots, the Jordans, the shoes. That's, you know, right around, I, I would say, at least 10 years before you were born. And now, granted, right around the time you were born is when Michael's winning championships, right? Were you born in, like, the mid-90s? Uh, yeah, 98. Okay. So, therefore, we're just finishing up the Jordan era. And, and so, I don't I don't think they had baby Jordans for you at six months old or something. Well, they probably did, now that I think about it. But that's that's good. I'm, I'm glad I was able to tell you that then. Did, did you Do you like Devin Booker's shoe? Have you seen it? Yeah, I don't like it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to hear somebody else say that. Okay, good. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I still think he's a superstar, though. Isn't oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> just want to make sure we're clear on that. Uh, let me change it up. I want to go Booker two, Beal one, Booker three. It's going to be a little weird. Booker two, Beal one, Booker three. This is Booker again before the win over the Bucks. If you didn't see the last two games, elbow to the nose of Bradley Beal, got to wear a mask. Then a swat to block his shot that's missed. 
just forearm right into the mask of Bradley Beal. And Bradley Beal goes down, yells cuss words, and throws his mask down in anger and pain. So Booker was asked about what has he seen in the conversation of the toughness of Bradley Beal. I'm just impressed. Um, you know, I feel bad at some point. I've had that nose before, so, you know, that's not what you want. And even playing with the mask, it, it is a distraction. I hated it when I had to do it. So, you know, for him to make no complaints, no excuses, and just keep playing through is impressive. Yeah, I thought, uh, I thought that's awesome. I did. I thought that's awesome. And that's why now let's go to game sound before we go back to one more from Booker. And the reason why is there's one cut from Beal that's asked about the difficulties of playing with the mask, playing with the broken nose, difficulties breathing, and the last couple games where he's been taking these shots. Uh, yeah, at some point I'll have to get a reset. I know it's probably looking me straight. My nose is like a, probably like an S. But uh, I'm... I'll get a reset. It uh, like my breathing is fine. It doesn't. That's not altered, which is probably like the biggest worry. And obviously the the bone um, being able to be movable um, post what two three weeks now. So the longer we wait, uh, it gets tougher to do that 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 procedure. So um, luckily we got All Star break coming up. I'll have to make a decision whether or not I'm doing a little bit of a little nose job or not when we to the off season <laughs> gamer gamer um the one thing that you should know about this injury at least for me it's not that bad except two things the sneeze oh my gosh does sneezing hurt and number two you'll never guess it's waking up in the morning with the biggest headache in the world or waking up in the middle of the night because you rolled over and bumped your nose simply on the pillow. For me, my broken nose was intramural softball, of all things. It had rained. It's Ohio. It had rained and rained and rained. And the next day, we're playing intramural softball on kind of a soggy field. And I'm playing first base, and a third, our third baseman had a cannon, Okay. So he rifles one from third, and it's going to short hop. So I get in position, and I'm thinking the ball's going to bounce. It skipped. I mean, it just hit the wet ground and went like that, and I'm kind of down in a crouch. I barely moved my hands. Boom! Right in the face. And then with it being wet, there's literally a puddle of blood underneath me i mean it was crazy i've never seen a bloody nose like this it did not stop so they have this one person trainer for like 10 games that are going on this woman runs over and she packs a bunch of cotton balls into my nose and then she starts holding my arm like she's gonna lead me off the field and i said what are you doing <laughs> she goes we've got to go get this x-ray we've got to do this we got to do that i said wait a minute wait a minute you don't have any real authority right i mean my team doesn't forfeit if I stay on the field, right? She goes, well, no. I said, well, I'm not leaving. <laughs> it's just a broken nose. This is this is softball, man. So she, she's like really frustrated and she leaves and I play the rest of the game with all these cotton balls in my face. And then, oh, man, when I, took, when I went back to my apartment and took the cotton out, bleh, it was gross.
shows. But, oh my gosh, the headaches in the morning when you wake up from either lack of sleep or bumping the nose and sleeping through it was terrible. So hopefully he gets his rest. Now, this goes back to Booker talking about what he was looking at when it came to uh, Bradley Beal's toughness. Well, we just have to lock in. I think the pace still has to remain high. I always say that. And, you know, we just have to defend better. And that's all four quarters. You know, I think over time our offense will click and eventually get together. But the defensive side of the ball is where, you know, we have to hold each other accountable. And, you know, we have to hang our hats on that side. Jacked up about that comment that, hey, we can talk about our offense all we want, especially in the fourth quarter, but we've got to worry about our defense. That leads right into, and now I'm just going to go straight down the page, Izzy. That goes right into Frank Vogel, and I think this is so important. We've heard more and more lately about Kevin Durant saying, put me on their guy, whoever it is. I want that assignment. I want to win. Well, he was guarding Giannis yesterday. So when the question becomes, hey, the big three scored about 85 points, Frank Vogel isn't talking about the offense. He wants to tell you, in his mind, what the story of the game was. Yeah, well, the story of the game defensively starts with Kevin Durant guarding Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, he continues to just impress our group with uh, you know, his willingness to guard the other team's best players, you know, sometimes perimeter guys, sometimes power players like Giannis, and, uh, and wanting to take on that challenge and doing a great job with it. You know, I mean, Giannis had some decent numbers tonight, but I thought he he on the ball, KD on the ball was really good. And then I thought our team disposition with with Giannis was really good. He didn't get a, a, a ton of uh, easy looks at the basket. Uh, got a couple, and um, you know, I don't think, feel like we gave up a ton of threes because of our our uh, commitment to him. But holding that team to 48 points in the paint is a strong strong defensive effort for us. I that was so true. And one of the things that really interested me is I thought the ball movement in the first half was terrible. And they clearly got that righted in the second half, and that's why they were able to pull away in the in the second half. Um, the next one uh, from, from Coach is about their level of balance. You know, a lot of games you'll see, like, Booker goes for 60 and the Pacers lost. This game, 20-20-20, and 20, officially it was – um, Booker with 32, KD with 28, Bradley Beal with 25. Really nice to have all three guys in the mid-20s. What did that balance show you, Frank? Absolutely. You know, each game that those those three guys play together um, builds that cohesion. They find the balance, you know, and, and what we love about our group is we're going to be a team that, uh, that, that beats teams with one of those guys going off. For 40 or 50 points and we're going to be a team that beats those guys with great balance like we did tonight that hasn't been true yet so but i believe it will be so i like that comment uh the last one from coach vogel i think is uh is really oh no excuse me i got two more uh this one i want to just throw this one out there as a shout out to steve mccollum host main event coming up in 45 minutes he has been all over Bull Bull. When I say all over, I mean in a positive way of what Bull Bull brings to the table. And I, I just can't get over how goofy he looks. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be antagonistic. I'm jealous. I would rather have his body than mine. It's kind of scary that he probably is a, a foot and a half taller than me and I weigh more than he does. But 
It's just so gangly and it looks so out of control, but the ball is going in and he hustles. What else do you want? That's what Steve McCollum has been saying, and he gets a special shout-out from Frank Vogel after his performance last night, especially the crazy scoop layup. Yeah, we're uh, you know we're in that phase where we're seeing you know where he fits in this in this puzzle you know and we think he's an important piece. He's given us really good minutes. Uh, I was able to put the lineup out there that, that we're all compelled with. Uh, you know, bowl KD and a center. You know, a super long lineup against a guy like Giannis that's going to try to live at the rim. Um, you know, some good bad, uh, some good with some some bad with that lineup. But you know, we're continuing to just evaluate and see where he fits. Okay, bull boy. Rule number one of being a professional athlete, never take the advice of a talk show host. Rule number two, no more scoops, bull. No more scoops, okay? You're seven foot six. People like me at six one, we do the scoop layup because we're small. And if we come up strong right from the beginning, the shot gets blocked. So you bring it up and then you scoop to hopefully have the person already swing and foul you, then you try to muscle it up through the foul. You're 7'6". They can't get the ball when it's up here. No scoop. Don't bring it down here where the minions get it. Thank you. This message brought to you by Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. The, uh, the last one I think is hugely important. Coach, trade deadline time. What are, we, what are we looking at right now? Do we need a big? Do we need a small? What kind of angst are the guys going through considering some of them will not be on this team in the next 48 hours? Well, I've been with teams where, you know, we felt like we definitely weren't good enough and had to, had to do something to get better. Uh, we do not feel that way with this group. Um, obviously, there's a lot of phone calls taking place. If there's ways to improve our team, you know, we'll take advantage of that. But, you know, we're very confident in the group that we have. It's kind of a standard line. We're confident in the group we have. But the way that he juxtaposed it, saying, I've been on teams where we needed to make a move, and I'm comfortable, that's actually something you can believe. If he would have just come out with, listen, if something presents itself, we're going to look at it, but, you know, I'm happy with where we are. That's just a standard cheesy line. But when you specifically say, I've been on teams where we need to do something, and I'm happy where we are, that sounds like a guy that either A, doesn't think they need to make a move, or B, doesn't think they're going to be able to, and, and is just kind of sitting back and, and going through that realization. Uh, KD, what did, you guys, what did you think about the game, especially the second half versus the first half? Yeah, I mean, uh, we made shots, we made timely buckets. We had a couple turnovers there late in the game, and they're kind of desperate to get some stops, and they're trying to get out and you know speed the game up. But felt like we were in control regardless. Uh, the end of the third is what did it for us. I mean, once you finish the third quarter with some good momentum, then we can ease into the fourth. But if we not ease into it, but if fourth, the fourth we have a little bit more momentum on our side. If we finish the third quarter off better, and I think tonight we were tied up for it at like the two minute mark, I want to say, and then we end up being up six going into the fourth, so that was key. And uh, in games in the past, we might have had some good momentum at the end of the third and then lose it quick in 30 seconds. You know, a team tie the game up or go up five or six, and now we fighting uphill. So in the third quarters, I mean, every quarter feeds into the fourth, but the end of the third is was huge for us tonight. You know, that's not something we've talked about a lot. We've ripped them, and they deserve it for how bad their fourth quarters have been. 
But we haven't really looked at the fourth quarter as a 15-minute quarter, 14-minute quarter. Of course, I think you know this, but in case you don't, every quarter is 12 minutes. And we haven't looked at the last two minutes of the third and how it affects the momentum going into the fourth. I thought that was a really strong point. And remember what I told you about the third. All Suns for five minutes, all uh, Bucks for five minutes, and then a strong finish for the last two minutes for the Suns. Uh, Bradley Beal on the day had uh, another good shooting performance, so he's had back-to-back good shooting games. What are you seeing from uh, BBKD? Yeah, stay with it. Stay with it. That's what great players do. You know, no shots don't fall. A lot of great looks too. Uh, open threes that you know he felt that looked good leaving his hands. Um, but we don't worry about Brad. We know he'll get it going. And as long as he's aggressive to shoot the ball though, so 22 shots we can live with those. It's all averages for him. You know, you get more shots up, uh, more comfortable you get. So uh, good win in the forest and just keep moving forward. I, I should have been more specific. Bradley Beal shot really well at D.C., shot poorly in like the first quarter and a half, and then did great the rest of the way. So I think that's what that was uh, that was referring to. That, that's a game changer. If Bradley Beal figures out his place in this thing, then we can get Grayson Allen going again because then he knows, okay, this is what Beal's doing. Now it's three guys with, with uh, Grayson spacing the floor. And then KD, the fourth quarter did get a little hairy. You won at 35-33, but boy, did you blow the lead early in, I shouldn't say early, in the middle of that fourth quarter. What happened? Yeah, um, we got to stop, I think. Did we get to stop? We might got to stop and run out. And, you know, when guys, you know, sprint to the rim, like I think Nurk did on that play, got EG open, and he's such a great shooter. People flying at him and just forget about me for, for a split second. I'm there in the middle of the pain, and, it's on me to finish. I'm glad I didn't pull up for a floater or, or a mid-range. I just wanted to be aggressive to get to the rim. I had missed a few shots that I thought I should have made early on. So I wanted to see one go down. And um, I'm glad the, the crowd got ignited from that. We missed our home crowd. Been on the road for so long. So to, to feel their energy and their love was, uh, was cool. I thought the crowd was fantastic. And I should have asked you for this, Izzy, and I didn't. He's talking about he had a pretty good dunk in the second half and he had an and one dunk in the fourth that was fantastic and it really kind of broke the momentum of what the Bucks were doing in starting their comeback so that was uh that was fantastic so there's good sun stuff now they're at a home against Utah and Utah's kind of up and coming trying to really crack uh the the playoff but do you mind if I cheat real quick and see where Utah is because they have uh, they have been right in it through uh, like they had a bad start and then they've been right in it for a while they're right now at 500 boy this is amazing how good the west is in the east the 10 seed is atlanta six games below 500 in the west even the 10 seed is at 500 10th place is utah at 26 and 26 so a big game obviously for utah and we want to think like good things about the Suns. Suns are only four and a half games better than Utah. So you don't think a game against the Jazz is important, but it is. All right, coming up next. I want to play you some of this great conversation between Tori Lovello, Bruce Cooper, and our own Jeff Schneider on Hanging with Coop. And we got a lot of Super Bowl to go over as well. That's next. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com. Hey, 
big, it's juicy, it's meaty. Get your burrito at Burrito Express. Burrito Express started with my father about 25 years ago. He got laid off and decided that he needed to do something to provide for his family. My brother and I were older teens, 17, 18 year old. And I'm going to do a trial out of my house. So literally we decided we're going to start out of his house. So we delivered uh, menus in a square mile area, literally started delivering burritos out of our home in Mesa, Arizona. And after about a month, he said, let's do this. Went and found his first location. And believe it or not, that's how it started. We started with one location back in 1995. Now we're where we are now. Thanks for being a part of the Unplugged Army here on Doug Trotz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Here at WTSM TV, we give you Doug Franz unplugged six to eight, and then the main event from eight to ten. Scheduling change a couple weeks ago. Izzy is now from one to two. But every Tuesday we have hanging with Coop. Bruce Cooper, legendary sports anchor of 12 News for a long time, and then his trusted producer, Jeff Schneider, do a great show. Yesterday, they had manager Tori Lovello on the show. And so I just cut this. Well, I didn't cut it, but the guys cut it up to be a little bit of a snippet of this. If you want to watch the full thing, it's a 30-minute conversation. Just go to WTSMTV.com. Click on Hanging with Coop as long as you're a basic member. That's all it takes. You can watch this full interview. I just wanted to give you some snippets of it that had him specifically talk about last year, spring training, and the 2024 season. It starts with Jeff Schneider asking about his message to start camp. So let me ask you something. So spring training starts, pitchers and catchers uh, report uh, next week. And I know that in the last few years, you've had messages that you've delivered in spring training. I know in 2022, the message was we're going to work on defense, uh, you know, coming off of that 2021 season. Last year, obviously, it was a lot about rule changes and uh, getting through some of the new baseball rules uh, that were coming into effect for last season. This year, the message has to be a little bit different because <laughs> you are now the hunted. You are now you're not the hunters anymore. You're the hunted. How's that going to feel? And what and what do you what is your going to be your message to the team when you when they report next week? Yeah, it's a great question. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what I want to say to the guys, um, but really where we're at right now, is we have set a standard. The expectations are no longer a reality. We have a standard. We're not going to use the word expectation. We've got to live up to our standards, and we've got to continue to sell and keep pushing forward. Last year, I remember uh, right around Thanksgiving, pre-2023 season, I went over to thank Vincent DePaul with, with Coop. He said, <laughs> if you don't make a playoff, you for the D-backs. And I, look, I took that to heart because I, I like Coop. I don't want to end this relationship. But we did it. And the, the fact that we did it and we're pushing forward means we are hunted. We have an X on our back. Yeah, but it's just about the process and the preparation. We got we to prepare to play in, in the deep water. You know, we got we to gotta do our job every single day to the best of our ability. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and I love Tori. I mean, I, look, I did kind of put him on the spot. We, were on, we were on live TV. I mean, he he took the challenge, embraced it, and and my gosh, I, I mean, th- th- did he show out or what? Did I mean, for crying out loud, I mean, we were all so proud. Look, Tori, I, I, to be honest with you, I was I was good after the sweep of the Dodgers. I, I mean, I was good there, but I, I mean, what you guys did with the with the Phillies. I mean, going on the road, game six and seven. Tori, I take my hat off to you. I take, man, I, I I was so proud. I've never been more proud, man. A great great job. I mean, 
any accolades. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I do need you to send me Ken Kendrick's uh, phone number because someone needs to tell this this guy, hey man, that lifetime contract needs to go to Tori Lovello. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm serious. I mean, it, there's, there's there's nobody, nobody in the Valley more more deserving of that than uh, Tori. Tori, I, I, again, uh, job well done, my friend. Tori, now that you've had the whole, all, God, I'm sorry. Now that you've had the whole offseason yeah, no, to... We, we weren't lucky. Our team wasn't lucky last year. People were talking about, you know, look, you got lucky to beat the Dodgers and the, and the Phillies. No, you don't beat three really good quality teams. It means we're a good team, and I'm super excited about where we're going. Tori, now that you've had the whole offseason to think about it, is there one memory above all that sticks out from that postseason run last year? <laughs> I would probably say the the Alec Thomas yeah. pinch hit home run yeah. of Craig Kimbrell gave us this unbelievable push of energy that we had a feeling that we couldn't be beat. Yeah. yeah. If we didn't give up that two-run home run to Corey Seager, and look, they beat us fair and square. In game one of the World Series, I feel like we had a really good chance to be World Series champions. But we'll never know how it played out. So those are two really big moments, one on one side and one on the other. Right. Hey, Tori, obviously there were some holes that you needed to fill going into the new year. Uh, we, we've seen some of the moves that Mike Hazen has made. Uh, I know re-signing uh, Lourdes Gurriel was really, really huge. But let's look at the, some of the outside talent you brought in. Uh, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez now kind of feels that uh, one of the starting rotation spots, you, you, you have a uh, everyday sh third baseman now in Eugenio uh, Suarez, but I want to talk about for right now, Jock Peterson. Uh, and, and, and coach, you, you know me, I, 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 don't, I don't really bite my tongue a lot. I, I was hoping, I'm not gonna lie, I was hoping for J.D. Martinez there. And, 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 and uh, uh, your, your thoughts on Jock, uh, Jock Peterson, coach? Well, first of all, you're right. Gino Suarez is going to come in, and he's going to anchor us down to third base. That was a big hole for us last year. Uh, we always love quality starting pitching, and Eduardo Rodriguez we have a strong history with, and we know that he's going to come in here and compete and help us win baseball games every fifth day. We felt like we needed a left-handed bat in the middle of our lineup, and we Jock Peterson. Of course, we all remember J.D. Martinez. There were other names in the hopper that we felt very strongly about, but – with a quality left-handed bat that matches up well with three-quarters of the starting pitching in the NL West, which we prioritized and got down to that granular level, it matched up really well with Jock. And we feel like Jock's a really good player that has a lot more left in his tank. Nothing against the other candidates, especially Brady, but we just felt like him being left-handed was going to have another ingredient to a very, very potent line. Yeah. You you know, you know, Skip. Uh, also, I mean, uh, Mike Mike Hazen made a couple uh, deals at the trade deadline, and 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 the one he made that brought in Paul Seawald. I mean, uh, how did that solidify your bullpen, and what does it mean going forward in, into twenty twenty four? Yeah, it was one of the key deals that I felt like he made at the right time, and he jumped on it and made a great acquisition with Paul Seawald because not only is he somebody that could lock down the team, he was a great teammate and a great example for everybody that he touches, especially the younger players. So you're talking about a culture and you're building with the right players, Paul Seawald fit right into this situation like a glove. Then he goes out and executes and gets the nine games and, and, and locks it down and gives everybody the ability to bump back to the level where they were. Kevin Ginkle took off after that. 
Uh, we had Andrew South Frank, who was an addition. We had others that were added into this equation that enabled us to put them in the best position for them to get big outs. And without all of you all, nobody would have found their own role. Tori, as you go into spring training, obviously the pitching rotation in terms of the top four on paper right now, obviously Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly, Brandon Fott, and um, Eduardo uh, Rodriguez. But we know it's a long season. We know you're going to need more than four starters. Where are you looking for other help in the starting rotation as the season progresses? Yeah, it's a great question because we feel very strongly about one, two, three, four, and five that show up here in, in Arizona every fifth day. But we talk about six, seven, eight, and nine as much as we talk about one, two, three, four, and five because we know you're going to need pitching depth in very rugged NL West. Uh, and, you know, the bodies are just uh, – you get banged up from time to time. You've got to be able to fill in with that next level of guy and not miss a beat. So we feel very good about the for that fifth spot, if you're looking down that way, yes, Brandon Pod is a very strong candidate to handle spot in those original four. But we have guys that are hungry, that have got big outs and have pitched in big games. Um, you know, Ryan Nelson pitched last year and almost won 10 games for us. He had some great moments. So he's going to compete for that spot. So we're in a good spot. Or can we hit spring training on day one? Whoever doesn't make it will find their way to the minor leagues and get an opportunity to help us in one way or another. But we feel really good about it. As, as few. That is the a good chunk, but not the whole thing. There's a lot more if you want to go and have an opportunity to watch Tori Lovello on Hanging with Coop. You can see it at WTSMTV.com. The reason why I want to play a short version is because there's a lot of other stuff that I want to get to. And uh, I want to start with Brock Purdy. Perry's own Brock Perry Purdy is uh, is gonna he has to meet with the media basically every day except Saturday, and he was asked yesterday in his media availability simply when did you know that you were the guy? You know when I first got here I was obviously just trying to learn the playbook and compete every day as hard as I could on the field, um, and then I over time like honestly I didn't really know ever <laughs> like I was going through the preseason games he wasn't really saying much. Um, obviously, he was trying to develop Trey as best he could and all that. And we were all, you know, being there for Trey and helping Trey out. Um, and then when the season sort of came around and I found out I made the team, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I think he, you know, respects the way I play and how I handle things. And, and that was really about it. And then, you know, I got my opportunity against Miami. And, and then we sort of talked after that. And, and that's sort of when he started telling me, like, hey, since you've been here, you've been doing everything right, that kind of thing. So um, that, that was really about it, though. I don't know if that's a great thing. I mean, if I'm the third string quarterback, I'd like you to coach me up, you know? And he's like, we didn't really talk about whether I'm right. Then he goes, as a matter of fact, I didn't know that I'm the guy until he started telling me I was doing the right things midway, like not midway, but about third game of the season because you benched the other guy due to injury. So that's kind of funny. I would have think that Kyle would have spent some more time with him. Uh, since you're somewhat local to the desert, not a bad drive up to Vegas, although I don't know why I-11 isn't done yet. Is your whole family coming to the Super Bowl? Um, yeah, we, I don't have like a big group or anything. Um, you know, going to the Super Bowl, it's really just, you know, my immediate family, my, my fiance's immediate family. Um, that's really about it. So obviously it's a, it's a big game and, um, you know, trying to handle everything up until we leave and get on the plane to go to Vegas, um, just in terms of who's going to the game, all that kind of stuff. Obviously, 
our scheme and what we're trying to do against the Chiefs um, so that when we, get, when we get on the plane and we're going through all the stuff throughout the week where, you know, we understand what we're trying to do and, and the plays that we're running and all that stuff. So um, I think it's huge. And Kyle's harped on it. Like, we, we want to handle everything before we get on this plane this week as if we were playing this week. So um, it's, been, it's been good. It's been efficient. Basically, the guys that I've ever talked to or heard talk, you better have somebody else in charge of your tickets. If you're trying to handle it, you will screw it up or you'll be annoyed with something You're gonna, or you're going to mess up the game plan. Don't even mess with it. Have somebody else in charge of it. The thing that's funny, though, is keep in mind, he's on his rookie deal. He's Mr. Irrelevant. I guarantee you, He's going to lose money playing in this game. Now, once he gets a Super Bowl, you actually get a higher level check when you play in the Super Bowl. But if we're just going off his salary, oh my gosh, the amount of money he would be spending for his fiance's family and his family to go, unless they're nice enough to buy their own tickets. Um, this is a good question. Since you are a second-year quarterback, have you reached out to other Super Bowl quarterbacks just to get a feel for this game? Talked to Kurt Warner just through some interviews and stuff, you know, um, sort of what he went through um, throughout his Super Bowl experiences. Um, Steve Young, a tiny bit, nothing crazy yet. Um, hopefully I'll be able to reach out to him and talk. But outside of that, it's, it's been such a whirlwind with, you know, our games played and practices and everything now and, and who we are as a team. So, um, yeah. Okay, they traded Montana to the Chiefs. I'm not a 49er fan. I have zero idea how their relationship stands today. 49ers, why in the world wouldn't you have paid Joe Montana and Steve Young to have a sit-down with him coming up the Monday or Tuesday after the NFC Championship game? That's a mistake. Just pay him a couple bucks. Have him be a part of this. Mistake. Mistake. Huge mistake. Um Brock, what would you say about your parents? How have they helped you in your career in this week? Everything that I do in my life, what I believe, and, and knowing that I'm loved by my parents, is, it's been huge for me. Um, you know, it sort of allows me to just go and play and, and uh, know that, you know, they've always got my back. That's, that's been huge for me. And so, um, obviously, their perspective on life and, and how they've handled their life, I've, I've looked up to that a lot. And um, so, obviously, when I first got here, they uh, – they were just like working hard, just like I was in terms of, you know, how parents in the NFL can support their kid. And, and they've done a great job and, and a tremendous job with that. And obviously this week, more than anything, they're, they're going to love on me and support me. And, and uh, you know, win or lose, they're, they're going to always have my back. And, and as a player and as a person, to know that, it's huge. With all due respect to Mr. and Mrs. McCaffrey, Mr. and Mrs. Samuel, um, I hope Brock Purdy – throws for 400 yards, and your sons fumble a lot. No interceptions for Brock. I hope he torches the Chiefs' defense and the Chiefs win. <laughs> and the only way that can happen is if a lot of red zone problems in the running game and a lot of fumbles. No picks, please, but I hope Brock Purdy plays great. He's a great kid, and he deserves it. I like getting to know him a little bit. This was the question of what was your plan B growing up when if, if, if football wasn't going to be an option? Yeah, for me, you know, my mindset was I'm going to give it my, my all. I'm going to give it my shot. Um, you know, that's up to God if, if he's going to allow me to play football or not or go a different direction. And so that was my honest uh, point to my mom. I was like, I'm going to give it my all. And I don't know what plan B is, but, um, you know, God will lead me where he needs me if it's not to be. So 
I kept telling my mom that. And, and so in the back of her mind, I'm sure she was a little worried, but more than anything, I know that she supports me and loves me. And, and um, it's been, it's been a blessing this last year and a half with her, you know, supporting me through it also. As a deeply religious guy, I got to say, I don't think that was a good plan B. <laughs> you can believe in God and say, God will lead me this way, but you could still say, and when the football career is over, this is what my career would be, irrelevant of when that happens. And then uh, the last one from uh, from Brock Purdy is, if you saw him, Lerner and Rowe attorneys from that are based in Las Vegas bought a bunch of billboards around the city saying, good luck, Brock Purdy, going to the Super Bowl. But because of the 49ers logo, some people locally were bent out of shape. Don't cheer for the 49ers. Did you see any of these Arizona billboards? Yeah. Um, so we know we know the guy that did that. Um, his name's Kevin Rowe. He's, he's the man. Um but yeah, he he's just got my support out there, and and um, he's a family friend. So he put put a uh, let's go Brock Purdy on all his billboards around Arizona, and a bunch of family friends are reaching out about it. So it's pretty cool. You know, I must have been talking about a different billboard. I saw the Learner and Row advertisement. And he's throwing it out to somebody else. So that was a different billboard, and uh, I, I like the backlash. I felt like we lived in a real football city that was was against some of those uh, uh, billboards being upset about it. And one season ticket holder of the Arizona Cardinals is in the room as well. Steve McCollum is the host of the main event with Dale Hellestray. It comes up in about twenty minutes. Steve, as a season ticket holder, but a guy that grew up here. Were you happy with cheer for Brock Purdy billboards or were you ripping them because it was cheering for the 49ers? Yeah, so, uh, no, he's talking about the same. Kevin Rowe is is Rowe of Learner and oh, Rowe. So he's talking oh, about I the see. same thing. Okay, yeah, thank you. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you root for – it goes if he's here or not. You root for that story, right? Yes, um, yes. I, I could care less if he's from here. I don't know him. I don't know the family, okay, even okay. though they live uh, not too far from me. I don't know the family very much or anything like that, but you always root – for the story is what I would get at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so therefore, do you like my idea? Root for him and fumbles. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the other. The, the, by the way, one of the most uh, bet prop bets is uh, Purdy over point five uh, interceptions this weekend. Which means one means you. Yeah, you I'm, that's strong. That's that's strong. I, I think he'll have one. I'm trying to think, do I like the Chiefs' pass rush enough? I don't think it's going to be the pass rush. I think uh, early in the game, maybe like just a maybe jitter. beginning of the second half, The mm -hmm. you know the, you got two really good coaches going at it right, here. Right. Uh, I could see a defensive scheme kind of confuse them at least one time, and then he just throws an ill-advised you know, Ill pass, gets picked up. I mean, it's not. Oh, no, I thought you said fumble. Are you, are you thinking turnover or interception? Interception. Oh, I thought you, we were talking about him. I thought you said fumble. No, no, um, interception. Yeah, yeah 5 okay, is the yeah. over-under. And it's the, one of the oh, uh, biggest prop bets out there. Yeah, right? I got, would got like money that. on it. Yeah. yeah, I think that's – yeah, I, I'm so sorry I wasn't listening. I thought you said fumble because, yeah, yeah. I, I would have to agree with that prop bet. M maybe I did. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do we know we're doing? We're yeah. not listening. But uh, but I, I, I like that prop bet, too. That seems to make an awful lot of sense. And – the one question I would look at that and say is what? how much is McCaffrey's are going to be? Because that really looks at, is this a heavy run game? Because I don't think anybody's ever going to pull away from I don't see this as a blowout type of Super Bowl. Now, I don't yeah. think anybody has ever, uh, the 85 Bears, but very rarely have we gone into a Super Bowl and thought, this team's going to blow out the other team. 
Uh, the I will be. It will be a disservice for the 49ers if they don't go into this game and just run the football. Yeah. Brock Purdy should only have to throw the ball ten to twelve times wow, uh, in this that's game. A low number. Well, what did Baltimore? Uh, the, one of the worst yeah. run defenses is the Chiefs, and Baltimore didn't run the football, and they still had a chance to win it. You know, they they fumbled it away. But if you're the Niners, you have two really good running backs and guys that can run the ball on the mm-hmm. backfield. Even those flare patterns, right? That that throw it out in the flats. I'd be shocked if the Niners Niners uh, don't just run heavy in this game and and run it down the Chiefs' throat. Make them stop you. I'd, it would be a disservice. We'd be we'll be ripping the Niners like we ripped the Ravens for not running the football. If yeah, they don't do that. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, what I'm interested then in is let me see if I can look it up really quickly based on what you just said. Let's go with uh, passing uh, completions. Brock Purdy has – the over-under for him is set at 20 and a half. Yeah. That's just completions. Yes. So what are you looking at when you hear it? I'm trying to look for attempts because that's more specifically uh, – what, what, right? That's more important. Well, he doesn't throw too many incompletions. So, yeah, you know, yeah, he, yeah. He does – you know, they call him Mr. Checkdown for a reason, right? He, he does throw those under flats and yes. the yards after catches. Um, look, I, I, would, I would struggle to do that because you could see the 49ers coming out and being like, ah, I'm going to throw – like Baltimore did, yeah. right? Uh, but it would be an absolute disservice if they don't just run it. Now, if the Chiefs stop it, that's another situation right, where right. you go you go to the passing to open up that running game. But I'd be shocked in that first quarter if it's just not hand the ball off. Or, you know, that's the other side. Throw it into the flat, throw it two yards down the field and let the guys run with it. I mean, you could get a lot of receptions that route as well. But I expect a heavy dose of that type of an offense. It's a really great conversation. We're starting versus Vegas later. But for those of you – that are just into the numbers, even if you're not a gambler. Mm -hmm. If you think the 49ers are going to win, then I would jump all over what Steve's talking about. I I found it. The player prop right now for Brock Purdy attempts, the total is set at 31.5. So if you take the under 31.5, I think if the the 49ers win – I do not see any scenario where he's, you know, throwing the ball 35 times in a win. Now, they're in trouble if he's throwing the ball that way. Yeah, much. obviously yeah. if they're losing, he's going to yeah. be throwing the ball and then you've yeah. shot yourself in the foot on yeah. this. But if you like even a close game or if you like the 49ers winning, yeah. I don't think there is any way the 49ers win the game and Purdy's around 35 or so passing yeah, that, attempts. That would be shocking to me uh, that they win the game with that. Well, the other side of it is, what do you want to do? You want to keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hand as well. How do you do that? You do long drives down the field. Uh, yep. So if the Niners are going to win this game, uh, you know that's the way I see the way that they have to do it. Now, the Chiefs know it as well. Now, they have to stop it. That's that's the chess game of this. And that's, you know, if you're, if you're a gambler, mm-hmm. that's what you got to worry about. But yeah, if Brock Purdy has 31 attempts in this game, uh, it's, it's because the Niners are down and they're down by a couple touchdowns and they got to come back into this. I don't know if you want to bet on it, but the prop for the opening kickoff is a touchdown <laughs> is plus 6,500. Yeah, I'll pass on that. So you Some... bet 10 bucks, you get $650 if they run it back for a touchdown. <laughs> I saw somebody, I don't remember what the bet was, but somebody bet a dollar on one of those prop bets. And, um, oh, oh, it was uh, for the Chiefs will score only two points wow. in the whole game. Oh. <laughs> 
And they bet a dollar, and it pays like something like a million dollars if it happens. <laughs> that's something. That's something you do for fun, right? Yeah, you know, I didn't even. Honestly, I realize you could say Vegas will take any bet, yeah. but I thought that there, there'd at least be a, a, a minimum. Well, of, no, Fanduel, you can do. I've got. I've been known to do like. Thir- I have thirty three cents left in the account. Yeah, like thirty three cent bet. You know, to win like a dollar. <laughs> <You're like, "Woo!" laughs> you know, just to round that out. I hate having change in my account. You know, it's kind of annoying. When is uh when is Uncle Lou coming up? Because I'm I, I'm interested in some of the props. Yeah, tomorrow. Uh, he said he's got a, something out on his Twitter feed today. So go to uh, at Gamblu. He's got okay. some prop stuff out, but um, he 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 bets on you know a lot of that coin toss. He bets tails every year. He said that last <laughs> week, uh, but he said you got to get onto those bets early because the public will change those numbers okay. uh, as it gets closer. Because the public just throws money at anything. Yeah. You know? uh, so if you want good odds, he said go that route. Yeah. Is there an easy one for you with uh, Super Bowl MVP? I mean. The, no, because all of this, it's positive. I mean, you don't have any. I thought there'd be negative juice on Pat Mahomes. He's even yeah. at plus one twenty-five. Well, it's because he's got to win the game in yeah. order to get that right. Yeah. Uh, but if the Chiefs win it, it's going to be him, one hundred percent. Doesn't matter if it's a big defensive stand. Mahomes is going to win the MVP on the on the Forty Nine side. Who? I don't know who are you going to pick on that and that stable of uh, you know McCaffrey's got guys. plus four seventy five. That's yeah. a pretty good. I mean value, well, value. if you think they're going to win. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, there's value there. I yeah. mean, you throw you throw a five down on uh, two or three of those. You know, not I'm going to call them long shots based off the odds. But are you going to be shocked if Debo wins the uh, wins it? You know? no. 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 One more question. Simple one. Hey, what's coming up on the main event today with Dale Holster? Uh, we're gonna look obviously Suns game last night, um, and uh, you know it's gonna be fun. Then we're gonna start looking at NFL uh, stuff. The Coyotes got the Yotes tomorrow night. Oh man, the people jumping off the bandwagon. Gary Bettman comes out and says we expect an announcement for the Coyotes coming up in the next couple weeks. And uh, all the local people saying, oh, who can buy this team? This team is trash. Any new owners? It's kind of shocking. Yeah, it, it did kind of explode. People act like uh, buying land is something you do in like a month span or something. Yeah. I don't buy land. I don't I don't delve into those levels of uh, real estate. But, I mean, it, it takes a month or two, even when you're paying cash to buy houses. Yeah, folks. It, yeah. it takes a while to get it done. Uh, and uh, so I'm shocked at the amount of... Uh, fans that are going crazy about about the situation i'm with you i'm with you have a good show yep, yep. uh before i get to versus vegas just to give you a little background of what steve's talking about he's he's absolutely nails this is a crazy story as it's starting to develop number one it, it, in the arizona constitution you have to have an advertisement that you're selling state land I think the total is for six weeks. I'd have to cheat and look it up again. But it's like you just advertise it for six weeks. Then you have the auction itself. So somebody else could buy it. Then after that, you still have all the legal ramifications. Like right now, there's a teacher's union suing the state of Nevada to block the A's from building. Well, you don't think with our Red for Ed group and some of the education arguments that have gone around here, there isn't going to be an argument of don't sell this land to them for this price. We, It's got to be more than that or something like that. And then here's something even crazier. There isn't an ethic law that blocks this, but it looks terrible right now for the governor in which the governor's chief of staff is a guy that used to run the campaign to vote for the Coyotes Arena in Tempe. Well, 
Javier Gutierrez had a meeting with that guy and the governor to talk about selling that land. And then the governor didn't want to talk about it. Every month, her schedule is part of public record. And the Arizona Republic asks every month for that copy. And they've always given it to them. Until the month where they met with Javier Gutierrez. And they wouldn't give up the info. So the Republic had to file with the state, with with the court of law, to basically say, we're going to take you to court under the Sunshine Law. You've got to give us your report. And it wasn't until then. Well, that was able to have it be more and more delayed of turning over the records until after the NHL All-Star Game. I just find great humor in a governor. And listen, all governors do stuff like this from time to time, okay? So this isn't a political debate on conservative versus liberal. What I'm laughing at is her whole campaign was Doug Ducey didn't do a good job being transparent. So I'm going to be the most transparent governor we've ever had. And now as soon as there's an arena vote that's probably unpolitically healthy for her, she wants to keep it all quiet. (laughs) That's kind of fun. Hey, let's hire this guy from the Coyotes and then set up a meeting with the Coyotes. Well done, Governor. That's transparent. All right. I haven't even started versus Vegas yet, and I got four minutes left in the show, but hopefully you liked the little Coyotes breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. Um, I don't know what's happening. I would... I would warn you right now, whatever you do, don't listen to me during Versus Vegas because the crash is going to be hard because this year so far, yeah, I'll say it, as arrogant as this sounds, I'm one of the hottest handicappers in the country. Say it, believe it, love it. For this month, I now I'm 7-1. and one. Last month, I was 18 and a half units up. That means, boy, is it about to get ugly. There's no way a minnow like me can keep this going. So... I'm not jinxing myself. I'm just keeping it real. That when somebody that's a minnow in the world of sharks is doing well, it's not going to continue. But last night, we kept it going. I told you I thought South Carolina was going to win, but I like Ole Miss. They're better than Vegas realizes, and they gave them too many points. They gave them four and a half. I liked Ole Miss. South Carolina did win, but they only won by three, 68-65. So we got that game right. And I got another game right, but I didn't do well on it. Dayton was a two-point favorite. I took them on the money line. I I laid extra juice. I could have had positive juice at 105. I took the minus 108 to have it on the money line, and Dayton killed them. Dayton won 94-79. So I get the game right. One about, you know, if you were betting 100, which I don't, I bet five bucks. I would have won about $95, something like that, about 90 bucks, something like that. So I would have done well for you, but truth be told, a better gambler would have known more and said, no, we're laying those two and a half points and we're going to take it. So I went 2-0 yesterday. Record goes to 11, uh, 1,103, 963 losses and nine uh, draws so far. Tonight, I really like one game and I'm going to go with another. When I say I really like, I didn't use the love handle there. But I do like Auburn covering at home. Auburn's got a four-and-a-half-point spread to cover against their rival, Alabama. They've already played in Tuscaloosa. Alabama was unranked. Auburn was in the top ten. And Alabama punched them in the face. Auburn came back to make it look closer than it really was. But Bama really punched them in the face. I think you not only have the rivalry game, you not only have the home game, 
But now Bama's ranked and they've got Auburn's attention. And I think Auburn's a better team who played average to below average in Tuscaloosa. So I like Auburn covering the four and a half. And then the Toronto Maple Leafs are taking on the Dallas Stars. And Dallas is on the back end of a back-to-back. And they flew in from Buffalo. Not a hard trip, Buffalo to Toronto, but whenever you go through customs, it takes a little extra. You're a little tired. And even though Dallas is one of the best teams in the league, Toronto is like third place. They're not they're they're really good too. So I'll take the Maple Leafs, but I'm only taking them on the money line. I got lucky. The juice was in the minus 130s yesterday when I wrote this down. So I'm not taking the minus 142 juice. I get to take it when I saw it from last night because I think a lot of people are agreeing with me. If you want to take Toronto on the puck line, you're pretty set. Plus 170 if you think the Leafs are going to win by two goals or more. That does it for today's version of Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. February 23rd, we're out there for a sanctioned event. Can't wait to see you out there. Big meeting today. Wish me the best if you could. Other sponsors that have carried us through this uh, journey, Parker & Sons Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, and Electrical, call 602-2-REPAIR. There's Bell's National Kitchen in Scottsdale in Old Town, Rosati Sports Bar in Chandler, and everybody at Burrito Express, home of the best breakfast burrito you'll ever have. Seven locations on the east side. That does it for today. The main event's up next. I'll see you tomorrow.